Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we start. This is a conversation I had over a week ago with Sock Dems TD Holly Cairns. Hugely popular with our members so we're lifting the paywall now so everybody can listen. There's You'll also see a link for ICCL in this podcast, which helps you raise your voice on behalf of the people affected by the mother and baby home scandal. Please do click on that and raise your voice on behalf of those who have been denied justice. I also need to ask you to support us. We cannot live on likes and retweets, sadly. Uh, we need financial support. A lot of work goes into these podcasts across the platform, be it Shrapnel, Glow West, Built Different, Echo, Reboot. All of them take t- time, money and effort. And while we put it out for free, we think it has a value. If you have it, if you could just click on the other link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise and just have a look around the different levels and see if there's one that you're comfortable keeping these mics on. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and this is a part of our conversations that we've been having on the ongoing and I would say scandal yet again, insult upon injury of what has happened after the fallout from the mother and baby homes report. And I'm delighted to be joined by Social Democrat TD for West Cork and one of the people who has spoken out on this consistently since since before she came into the doll and when she entered the doll. But uh, Holly Cairns, Holly, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Tony. No, it's good to see you. And um, I can I I want to come to you because uh, from the political point of view, uh, it, it's clear from some of the engagement you've had over the last week, uh, that awful phrase, they just don't get it, do they? I think that is it. And it's hard to believe that at this stage that they still don't get it. However, here we are. I mean, back before the Commission investigation actually came out with its report and the minister said that when that happened, he would seal the archives for 30 years. There were so many emails coming in to TDs and senators that they actually crashed the dull server. And that is the first time it's ever happened. There's actually no real excuse for them not realising the huge public support for survivors that society really wants justice and all of those things and I suppose there's a weird like I don't think irony is the word I'm not sure what the word is but that like when that report came out that had all of those ridiculous findings the Taoiseach the minister the report itself were like society was to blame back then for all of those wrongdoings you know even though of course obviously there was the church and the state and the pharmaceutical companies to blame they said it was society and like that's one of the points I was trying to highlight them this week like do you blame society today do you guys still think that society doesn't want justice for these people? Because that's not a reality. And I think it kind of exposes that it wasn't the reality back then either. Um, Can I just, uh, I, really important to put, point this out though, that was uh, going from the report. The report was set up and the, the executive summary at the beginning pretty much did the whole, you know, it's everybody's fault. So it's nobody's fault. And that was how it read. And we all took our time to read through the document. But the report was then actually legally challenged and defeated uh, and they still maintain that this is the the bedrock of the, the foundation stone of, of what's been happening how is that man how, how, how does that myth still permeate and pervade how i know and like you said when everybody is to blame hmm. nobody is to blame and then crucially nobody can be held to account and that's the kind of constant playbook with our history of institutional abuse and actually it's it's an abusive system. So the same people continue to be abused by it. Um, and then, yeah, this is the other thing. So the findings were incorrect. Like you say, the right to comment on the draft findings was, you know, that was taken to the, the high court and fair play 
to those women for challenging it and winning. They're incredible. They shouldn't have to devote their life to fighting for these things in the courts. You know, here we are in 2022. The minister himself, after the report came came out, said we need an independent expert review of those findings because, of course, it found that there was no wrongdoing. And everyone, I think, you know, there was, like you say, the public disquiet around it kind of backed him into a corner, I think, where he said that. But he meant it. He knew there needed to be a review, I think. I remember hearing him on the radio. He just shelved that idea quietly over the it, summer. It, it, never, it, it, it never went beyond the 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 first part like um Conal O'Farrell uh, obviously you know was the was the working in a piece on on this for decades really he's been working on yeah. this but he but his Incredible. most one of the pieces he wrote showed that it never went beyond the idea of doing it it never got out, it never became more than a couple of paragraphs in a page it never went to to actually be but to, on that FOI by the examiner and hmm. Elaine Lachlan exposed that like basically there was like an email thread a lot of it was hmm. Uh, redacted the information but it said in it proposed like draft memo for cabinet or some like something to that extent the words are there the minister maintains there was no draft memo for cabinet but there was discussions of it so like we all we all know that there was a need for this independent report they backtracked on it they backtracked on that the oak report has suddenly disappeared from history as well because the Oak a report, while ago, we knew that he'd abandoned the Oak Report. A but while but ago. but in the Oak Report, I I put it to you, one of the main thing findings that they had from the 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 survivors or people affected from the mother and baby homes, one of it was forced se- family separation, and that yes, so that was a consultation to establish from survivors what is the best way to go about redress because there's no kind of obvious or easy way to go about something like this, and that is the right process to engage with the people who will be receiving the redress who are affected. And that was the number one thing that came up that the, the most harm caused was through being separated from your child or your mother. And that was the first thing that came up in terms of compensation. Then there was other things like uh, dehumanizing treatment, incarceration, forced labor, all of the things you might imagine, you know, and quite far down on the list was time spent in an institution. And then the minister somehow said, that's what I'll run with. I'll ignore all of the other findings of my own report and stick with time spent in an institution. And with that, decided to exclude anyone who spent less than six months in an institution. And it was highlighted in the Dole this week that like, this is the most... So we had a motion on Wednesday, the Social Democrats, with three main calls in our motion. Now there's lots of calls if you want to read the more detailed motion that's available online, but basically to correct the findings of the report, that's key to the next calls. The findings need to be accurate. Um, Secondly, to hold the church and state to account and the pharmaceutical companies. In order for that to happen, we need the correct findings. The the minister's going to the government now or to the church now and saying, can you give us a donation? But like, that's not surprising when the report found that they didn't do anything wrong. So we need to correct the findings of the report. Finally, hold church and state and um, medical companies to account. And then the, the third and crucial um, call in our motion was that all survivors should be included in the scheme because I think something that like has been kind of missed is like the number of people who are excluded from this over 40% of people will not get any redress whatsoever so I think you know you know yourself Tony when we bring forward these motions and bills the, the opposition routinely the government, like they used to vote them down, that proved so unpopular now they, now, they just, now they just don't oppose them 
they let them pass and do nothing about it. Yep. But it's particularly cynical on an issue yeah. like this because when people are watching in, like when I had a emotional disability recently, my mom was watching it and she was like, oh my God, it passed, yeah. thinking that finally the cost of disability would be recognized. And I was like, oh no, like it, it's passed, but they won't do anything about it. Yeah. So can you imagine the hopes that were potentially raised briefly on Wednesday when they let those things pass? And I kept trying to explain, like, this is what they do. It's really cynical. But, like, they it just is. seem to ha- to not care. We had that conversation before, and I know it's been outlined really well. I think actually a few years ago now, I think it was Gavin Riley did a, a full thread on how that works and uh, just to break Peace it down. In the from, journal, I because think. Because yeah. it was because too many people go, well, fair play to them. They didn't oppose it. You know, it's like we won. You didn't win. It's gonna. It's never going yeah. anywhere, and it'll never. It'll never move on. The the other um, Gosh, thing, just one more point. Please on do. Yeah, go ahead. The yeah. point that I was going through is like, although that's what happened, and they still at the moment are intent on sticking with their hill tree redress scheme. Mm. I have to say that unusually, I felt like the motion really did have an impact though on Wednesday because it just laid bare for everyone to see how ridiculous this is it was so obvious in the room mothers who were tds standing up and saying well, if i'd known there was you know this first six months of people's lives had no effect on them i wouldn't have bothered breastfeeding taking maternity leave giving them love like all of these things but one that is just such a ridiculous thing the six month criteria like where has he pulled that from and then it was also just laid bare that like hang on a second crimes were committed the government covered up back then. They blamed society. This legislation is the latest attempt colluding with the church to cover up again. And actually, today, no one is willing to stand for it in the general public. So I really don't know if they're going to get away with this, because that was a motion that we put um, forward this week. The Social Democrats we used our, our private members' business time for that. Then next week, the minister has to bring the legislation back into the door. Now, we've already done pre-legislative scrutiny on it so the children's committee found all of the same things that those democrats are calling for mm. that's a cross-party committee then the legislation will come back into the door for second stage next week we'll debate it again then it will go back to the committee for amendments where we debate them and yeah. then go back to the door where we debate those amendments is he actually going to be able to defend it for that long when there's no evidence around oh, these decisions Holly, you, i don't Holly, think he will I, I was I, I saw you both um uh you and Eva grace moore appeared on the same late debate show in in sequence and both of you made the point you know that this has been that they the public anger to the point that anifa made a point that when when it did crash the servers they were convinced it was like a, a bot attack. You know, it couldn't be this many people upset about it. It must be a bot attack. Uh, it must be Russian, um, you know, the way the, oh, well, Finna Fall hire, hiring um, people in Turkey to to send uh, like, likes on their tweets, that kind of thing. Now, I can say it at all, you won't. But nonetheless, uh, it, it, that's what, that's what was in, that was what they said. Yeah. And, and now they've come out with the other talking point is, sure, look, isn't it the greatest, uh, isn't it the biggest uh, settlement in the history of the state? And isn't it including more, the most people that we've ever had to compensate in the history of the state? It's like the budget when they turn around and go, listen, you know, the biggest budget in the history of, you know, X. And you're like going, yes, absolutely. You know, it, it, that's what happens in, in an economy, in a country that has a growing population. You must think we're all mad. But that's the line they're peddling. And I now, again, I, I don't want to go on about that. I, I, I couldn't even think of the name of the guy who you were talking with because, and I didn't even, I, God forgive me. I thought he, I just called him generic Fine Gaylor and someone said to me, no, he's actually a green. So, um, but nonetheless, 
how do we how how do we like what's the in in the public in the public arena how else do we push this on now I think getting on to your TDs and senators and really pushing this makes a huge difference. I don't think as a population, we realise how impactful that actually is. And like you said, back then, they thought it was a bot campaign. I actually remember one TD had the goal to come out and complain about the amount of emails they were getting. And I think sometimes with this situation, it's really important for us to zoom out and remember the gravity of it, because like, it's not as if the government ever set out to do the right thing by people who were institutionalised into these homes. They were forced to do it when Catherine Corliss discovered death certs for 796 babies in the institution tomb. That is one of hundreds of institutions in this country and no burial certs. And it later transpired that many of those remains are in, you know, a septic tanks. So this situation, like the horrors of it are something that I think people kind of don't want to address, you know, and there's a, a kind of always been a culture in Ireland, in my opinion, of when it comes to the church, we remain silent because we really don't want to offend somebody who we know who we think is a really good Christian, a really nice person who's a devout member of a church. And that could be, you hear it a lot, well, my parish priest is lovely and like, me too, genuinely really, really like my parish priest. But the fact of the matter is, is that when we stay silent in order to avoid causing offence, we offend the thousands of people who've been abused at the hands of the Catholic Church in this country. And that cannot go on any longer. And society has moved past that. But as per usual, the government have not put up with that. It's like society always has to drag the government along for change. We've seen it with appeal, with um, uh, equal marriage equality, that they have to kind of be like, Every, we all have to show them like over and over again, like, no, we're ready for this change. We're, and this we're, is we're, the we're latest example. They've, they've got it wrong and they're starting to realise that. But I would ask all of your listeners to help them realise sooner because, of course, in the future when there's a new government, we can go back and relook at all these things and do it again. But like, th- this is time sensitive. The age demographic of lots of survivors, like we need justice now. It's already too late. It's already gone on too long. And I just... I really feel this is such an important issue. And when we stop and think about the gravity and the reality of what people went through, it's important that it's done right now. And this is their last chance to actually get it right before this legislation is sworn and all of that stuff. I really agree with you there. I just want to make one point. You said it was a, a TD. It was actually Senator Barry Ward who disgracefully who, uh, basically put out that it was some sort of orchestrated campaign and he he uh, made aspersions on people who've campaigned for years on this this topic, and and you know Barry, you know you brought shame on it. Look, you, you know if I was you and I'd taken what was it ten grand for in uh, when I was a county councillor to pay my fees, my college fees, um, I wouldn't be uh, too standing too high on it as a moral authority, Mister Ward. Um, but nonetheless, there's 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 a lot of that. I, I want to echo what, what um, Holly has said. I also want to say, you know. Do check out obviously the clan project adoptions.ie and, and do everybody, everybody knows someone who's affected by this, who's impacted by this. And it's important that we all act in solidarity on that. Um, yeah. And one final thing just for your listeners that like this is one piece of legislation that's really crucial. We also recently had the Burials Act, which legislated to just um, intervene to exhume and to reinter with a dignified burial. The remains there. Um, the language they used was that it would be only in, in cases where the burial is what they see as manifestly inappropriate. But we know 
There are institutions all around the country. They're known and suspected unmarked graves all around the country. And all of those people deserve to find out where their disappeared relatives are just as much as the people in Tomb. And the Tomb Survivors Group are really you know, saying that as well. So I just wanted to flag that with your listeners. Thank you for that. Um, one, one other, I'm going to let us, we're going to wrap now. Uh, and thanks for your time, Holly. But I do want to say, unfortunately, when we see it, this is the battle. You, you mentioned marriage equality. You mentioned um, same-sex marriage. Uh, you mentioned repeal. You, you saw what's... And now we see we've gone from abolishing direct provision to maybe we'll charge them rent to maybe, you know, this is... It's a constant fight. So that's why we say the podcast has to be activism as well. So if you're listening, show take a bit of action. Thanks for your time, Holly Cairns, and best of luck with that. We will be back on Sunday, folks. So we'll talk to you all then. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony and Martin... Martin and Tony speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber podcast. Subscribe now on.